Hey guys, this is John Domine. Welcome to today's episode of In the Spray Room, the podcast of Sold Magazine, New York City's street art insiders bringing you daily online content, exclusive interviews, studio visits, on-the-road adventures, up-to-date event calendar, and spotlights on your favorite artists getting up today. Sold Magazine is compiled of a team of street art soldiers, and our mission is to bring original content to our readers by artists for artists. This podcast is just another form of content for you. In the spray room, we'll be bringing out the lighter side of these artists, getting to know them in a less structured environment, and talking about a range of topics with myself, John Domine, Bike Girl, Hello, and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Yo! But before we get started with our special guest, what's going on, Big Ronnie? Lots. Lots going on. Having a lot of fun. You having fun, John? I'm having a great time. Bike Girl? Oh, it's a good time to be in the city. We're having some fun. It is shining out, but it is cold. Where is spring? We're going to be talking about some spring events, though. Uh, Butcher Bar Show coming up April 6th. Our fundraiser t- on April 7th. Audrey, do we have any uh, updated information about the either locations or fun stuff? Well, we have some really special things. We've just secured a print that's going to make a lot of people really happy. And it's going to be fun because we're going to hit Brooklyn. All right, let's talk about that without naming the artist. I'm excited. I think we need to tell people before the tickets go up and the link goes up who it is. What do you think? Or do we not say and just mm, leave it a surprise? I don't think we say it today, but I think they need to stay tuned because we're definitely going to tell them That's who it idea. is before the tour. I agree. Okay. I'm not going to say who it is. Fine. Ugh. We also have a big show coming up at the mess hall. Sean Sullivan is going to be throwing a nice fun party. and We're going to be recording it on the road. In the Spray Room podcast, uh, we're talking about six guests. Now, I've moderated some interesting discussions on stage with a bunch of people, but never on the radio in art. So, Bike Girl, will you come help pretty please? Definitely. Thank God. That'll be fun. Thank God. Okay. Also, after that, we have the Moniker Art Show coming to New York, April 3rd through the 6th. Sold Media is going to be a partner in that with uh, the Lisa Project. Wayne, hello, Wayne. We're going to be doing promotions and being their media platform. We're also going to be recording on the. We're also going to be recording an on the road. Hold on, information May third through sixth. Apologies, I got my date wrong. We're going to be filming an on the road in the spray room from Moniker live, and uh, I'm going to put some of JPO's business out there. We're working on a deal. And the hotel that he just finished painting to do an on in the spray room filming live in their window. Oh, cool. I so we've got some interesting things coming up for the podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. And please keep listening. <coughs> so let's get to our guest. I'm super excited. One of the real gentlemen in the game, City Kitty. Welcome, Ooh. brother. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm probably not close enough to the mic, but I'm going to try my best. That's okay. Erica will keep waving her hands and telling me. I get yelled at every 30 seconds or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Throw something at us, Erica. Make sure the audio is good. So, City Kitty, thank you very much for coming in today. Um, I couldn't wait to sit down and talk with you just from being a straight-up fan of your work and seeing, seeing all the cool shit that comes out of your brain quick side story city kitty was one of the first guys to give me give me a collab to work on i thought when i was doing my stickers the best way to do it was hey let me do a collab here's half done not a lot of people were rude to me and you know they were nice and but rob uh, uh 
City Kitty was one of the first people to uh, send, you know, give me a couple of stickers, and I still haven't done anything with them because I'm absolutely petrified to hit them and fuck them up. Take your time. If you fuck them up, it's no big deal. I'll give you more. It's all good. That doesn't make me feel better, but thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> no, the it. The whole process, is, it's a learning process. So, I mean, you, you can't be afraid to fail in art or else you're never going to move forward. So it's not a big deal. I just love what you did so much. I want to put them in a frame and leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hang them on the wall for sure. I got 10 ideas of what I want to do with it, but uh, let's see if it ever happens. But collabs, you are prolific when it comes to collabs. How does that, does that factor into your game at all? Factor in my game in what sense? Like, do you say, yeah, maybe this would be better with somebody else's when you're working on an idea. Maybe this idea would be better with somebody else's stuff. Or when somebody gives you an idea, does it spur different areas? It always spurs a new idea. Like, I don't, I don't ever really sit down with an idea of what I'm going to make. So uh, a collaboration is great when, in the sense that it uh, will push me further and you know, spark some new ideas and make something that, I mean, hopefully... What I see is a, a good collaboration is something that is going to be uh, both people will be represented, or maybe it will become something completely different, and new, because it will hopefully pull me out of my box. It's it's very easy for an artist to get uh, stuck in the same routine, and you just want to continue to to grow and expand. And it's an easy way to kind of get pulled outside of your comfort zone. Is it okay if we scratch some of John's FOMO? We're going to hit it. We're going to hit it a little hard. Okay. Because I was up at the Bridgeport Art Tower, and I saw the pieces that you did uh, going up the staircase up to the bell tower, and John hasn't been there yet, and he's going to feel really bad about us talking about these pieces <laughs> yeah. right now because he hasn't shot them. I was really uh, saddened by the fact that I wasn't invited, but, you know, I'll get there eventually. I, w- way, I did go. I was invited. I would have invited. I was chauffeured. And uh, thank you very much to Harris for having us. And thank you to uh, CDRE Commodore for the chauffeuring. It was his pieces that went up, and we had a lot of fun there. And, dude, that piece with Dr. Scott going up the stairs, come on. That's a mean. It's, it's a fun one, yeah. I mean, I love his work. I mean, it's very, it's so different. That's what mine. I was going to say. It's so different from yeah. yours. I wouldn't have expected a collaboration. You know? Right. And, uh, I mean, I like that aspect. I like working with people who have where we have something similar going on but i also like working with people that their work is completely different so really it really challenges me and uh though it can be a bit scary in the sense for the a lot of collaborating is letting go uh so when someone sends me a piece it's always uh the idea that i have to tell them like this is not going to look like yours it's probably not going to look like mine Mm -hmm. and hopefully it will look like something different that we're all happy with but that's why I kind of like this project that I've been doing with you guys because it is something that uh, so many times either I'm sending work to somebody or, or I'm receiving work from somebody and so much of it is in my hands or in somebody else's hands. So this has been really a fun experience to sit down and create something live with someone, which is a completely different thing. So now, let's talk a little more about that project. Yep. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sold has always been by artists for artists and we strive to work with artists on their original content so that we can help give them eyeballs and we can help drive awareness of their work and the cool things that they're doing so we have a uh contributing artist series where city kitty uh collaborates with a different artist uh and you know the posts have been great uh audrey uh, what's what's been your favorite one 
Oh. Hmm. You're putting me on the spot. I like them all. It's uh, she doesn't want to pick. No, I don't want to pick. I like them all. I like seeing every time when you do something different with someone. And, you know, I actually like seeing – I mean, I love seeing them on the streets. And when I, I – I'm thinking about the people that I've seen. I've seen you with uh, turtle caps on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Scott, which, as I said, was just – it's very different because it's not – Cartoony, caricature-ish, you know, and that kind of thing. And then you had ba- Balu was another one that was uh, yeah. an, an interesting one for me because he's he deals with more, you know, uh, real personalities, and mm-hmm. and yours is much different than that. And then you also have Lunchbox, and then my favorite actually was the Lopi one, the Elemental uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that one. I think that one that I saw. Okay, I'm going to play beautiful. noob here. How do we? How does she say her name? Lopi. 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 Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. We're not trying to pronounce LMNOPI. No. Okay, got it. So, yeah, so I think it's interesting how you can it, – it works. Like, I wouldn't have thought that, too, because, you know, she has a very political slant. Uh, right. And, and your, your work isn't generally political in any way. Yeah. It's just playful and, you know, multiple, multiple digits and things. On, you know, so it's – and then somehow it worked so great. And I was like – that piece made me smile to see – that those two combined in a piece on the streets it was really cool for me so i appreciate that yeah. uh, actually i was working on a new one with her before i came over here today, oh so oh excellent she sent me some stuff and then i mailed some stuff off to her oh great because uh, she was on the other coast for a while so uh it's exciting to see what she's going to do with what i sent her and you know she gave me enough to kind of crank out a few so it's, cool. it's yeah it'll be a fun process is that going to be for sold no, no, because that's, again, something I'd want to sit down with the person. So hopefully in the future, Very cool. uh, I'll be able to sit down with her. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to continuously think of who I want to do mm. these with. So do, so th- does choices. it come from you usually, or do you say, okay, I want to, you have it in mind that you are you want to work with someone, and you say, oh, okay, I've got this piece, and this would work, work, would work well with this person, or do you just say, um, okay, I just want to send this out, see what they come up with, or uh, or do they hit you up, or how's that work? Yeah, normally it's been people hitting me up and sending me pieces, mm-hmm. and then uh, especially if it's someone overseas and or from like the the West Coast, and then I'll I'll make a few and send some to, back to that person, and then I'll keep some and put some up here or uh, somewhere on my travels. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's well, been a fun process. Let's talk about his travels. Because one of the things when I uh, when I got friendly with City Kitty was he's like, yeah, give me some slaps. I'll uh, I'll send them to some friends. I always send packages out. I thought nothing of it. The next thing I know, I'm up in different continents, and the pictures just keep coming in. So for anyone that is friendly with City Kitty or at least wants to expand his sticker Global pack range. amazingness <laughs> that goes out and it happens. I'm on some polls in some very interesting cities with some very interesting people, and thank you very much. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Very I mean, cool. It's fun. I like going to different cities and kind of bringing friends with me, at least their work. So it's it's a nice thing to to carry with me and nice to also to be able to send out to different people. I mean, the whole sticker world and the sticker shows and sticker trade uh, subculture of this subculture of street art is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting how giving people are with their stickers and kind of it's a it's a very different thing that i feel like i'm really on the fringe of i'm not in the thick of it but it's um it's a cool aspect of it now you i i think uh, and i want to let me ask the question instead of putting words in your mouth ronnie's learning here we go (laughs) we're learning do you put different work on different mediums 
What do you mean? Do I make different types of work? No. Will you use the same image on a sticker and on a wheat paste and on something else? Uh, yes. Because, so when I first started out, I was using a lot of images that I would make silk screens out of. And those I would, like, uh, if you see some of my stickers that are silk screened, they also are a smaller portion of a larger screen. So you'll see that in multiple things, but most of the, like the hand-drawn stuff, you're not going to really see that. See, I was I was confused by that because I could tell that they were templated somehow, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell that it was a screen, and I saw that they were all just a little bit off. Right, and that that seemed intentional to me, and it was I thought it was a bigger screen. I didn't know it was like bigger than the sticker, though. Yeah, yeah, the image itself is a larger image, and then I'm just taping off the area of the sticker. And then you, you usually hit them with colored pencils after that. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And how do those hold up on the street? Do they? Uh, they do. Uh, I mean, in the sticker world, so many people make vinyls. Postals are never going to have the same longevity as a vinyl. Uh, but, you know, they, they hold up. They fade. But they I, fade I, beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I clear coat them. I try to make them stick around for a while. But, you know, I mean, it's all ephemera. And right. that's, what, that's sure. what I love about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the ephemera of wheat paste, rather than doing murals and the ephemera of stickers, is something that I really love because it makes me continuously make art because there's always places to put up work well you guys can't hear it but i've been saving a bunch of little 228s for city kitty and those are all for you this is like christmas (laughs) now you you taught me that the older ones stick better than the bigger ones they do I mean, but they've always, every few years when they change it, I mean, everything changes. And, and with the last ones, I was really excited to have a bigger, uh, a bigger platform. To canvas. On. Yeah, a bigger canvas. It was great. But then, you know, they peel off so easily. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, a sticker's always going to get stolen. It's going to get stolen a lot quicker than a wheat paste because it's a lot easier to steal. But at least it has a better adhesion that's going to stick to multiple surfaces. Now, I made a tremendous mistake when I started printing the images on stickers because mm-hmm. desk jet printers absolutely fade off first rain. Oh, wow. Okay. Wipe. Blank, like you're putting a blank sticker up after a rain. Oh, yeah. So there were some stickers that I had put oil markers on top of the printing, and then that was all that was left after the printing, and it looked Oh, and nuts. that was just like the details? And it, looked, it, it just looked nuts. That's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. No, it's like yeah. disappearing ink. I thought about <laughs> playing with it. I thought about playing with yeah, it and like washing it. Message, well, yeah. Right? If you yeah. put the sticker up and then wash it off, yeah. hmm. That could be fun, but yeah. yeah. So, but the older stickers stick better. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We uh, we are fans and we contribute. And I appreciate sticker that. tip of the week. There it is. I do have to say, and as many as many of your paste ups that, that I've seen out on the streets, I'm always really excited when I see the you know new one that I haven't seen, and so I'm 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 out there and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I get to I see another one, and it's always. You know, there's either multiple eyes or multiple digits or, you know, I like seeing just how, you know, uh, I, and I like I, I think my favorite one recently was one where the um, there's uh, the cat kind of steering oh, yeah. it. Right. It's like a big a master. Right. Thing, exactly. Yeah. And I loved um, I just love how playful it is. And I think it's uh, I know I know I'm not alone in that because there's a lot of people who they're like, oh, where did you know, they'll, they'll text me. Oh, where did you see that or whatever? I want to, you know, and um you know, I'm terrible because I do sometimes disclose more about locations than people want me to sit, to give. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I always think that it's it, they're well received pieces. I mean, by anyone, it doesn't. Well, and you've got your pace down, so your stuff is pretty hard for people to get off 
when you're when you do it anyway has pretty good life yeah i mean it it varies uh i mean we live in kind of a rough city for weather yeah so it and different types of different types of buildings things stick differently but i've I've seen people steal four foot pieces i mean Mm. it's kind of amazing how if someone really wants something they'll find a way yeah i mean that's got to be i i on one side I can understand where people get upset, but on the other side, isn't it something that someone wants your work so much that they steal it and they're going to hang it on their wall? I mean, it'd be yeah. nice if they it'd, pay it'd be you nice for if they it. it. Well, listen, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you put it on the street, it's it's fair game. I mean, because otherwise, don't put it on the street. Right. There's nothing you can really do about that. Uh, but on the other hand, people are ruthless. Mm. I mean, I'm, I remember I was out of town with Steve Stoppert in Detroit last year, and someone sent me a video of... Uh, somebody prying off the piece that I had on Steve's wall with a crowbar, oh my gosh. and it ripped off a part of his building. Like, <laughs> yeah. no one gives a fuck about my work that much. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, just, why do you want to destroy some dude's building? Over? Right. <laughs> so, and that one was on wood, right? You had yeah. a wood panel? Yeah. Yeah, that, people take those down pretty frequently on his wall there. And it ta- that takes effort. I mean, you're talking ladders. And yeah. Well, and it's up like right. you know, yeah. 15, 20 feet. Yeah. Whatever, you know. And it's not exactly the place where you can get a stable ladder to get over in that corner. No. And there's homeless people and other people that live there. So you're also dodging that there's people there 24-7. True. And hello to Steve Stoppert. <laughs> How are you, brother? Hey, Steve. So I, uh, I, I agree 99% that... City Kitty's work is playful and fun and stuff like that. I find it a little creepy when the guy wears a cat face I mean, oh, lid box. Creepy's yeah. fine. <laughs> What's wrong with creepy? I mean, it's playful and creepy. It's it's different. But... There's no blood and guts. I get it. Well, there it... is that. Sometimes you've got you know. Parts oh yeah. Of sometimes the there's chopped gore. off. And actually, I like that because it's kind of. You know, you, you you think of this cute little kitty or whatever, and then you just see chopped off limbs, and it's. Like Garfield on acid. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a good I description. I mean, it's cartoony gore. It's, it's a completely right. different thing. Uh, <laughs> okay, so going back to the collabs, going back to working with people, I asked this of Ilko when we had him in. How do you while you're sitting on a train or looking down a four-hour commute or wherever you're doing about to put some work in, how do you step outside of yourself? How do you do something new or, or intentionally take yourself in a different direction? Hmm, that's a good question. But, I mean, over the years of going down this path of being city kitty, because I, when I first started this, I, was, I went to school for painting, so I, was, I make very different types of work other than this. But... Going down this path, I realized after just doing cats, I needed to diversify, and then I just kind of opened up into different types of characters and started bleeding into like these, using uh, like John mentioned, like hands with weird digits and guys with multiple facial features. So I always have uh, a starting point if I want one. You know, I mean, I can draw a weird cat, I can draw a weird guy, I can draw one of these things, but I never go into it with an intention that I'm going to draw this specifically. So it is drawing is an escape for me so it's not hard for me to sit down and to disappear into what i'm drawing uh and that having that kind of open-ended idea allows you to experiment and go down a different direction but i mean i think that also comes from my experience as uh 
as a painter where I just continuously for years, especially when I was in art school, it was all about pushing yourself to try to find something new, to try to not, uh, you know, continue to a reinvent the wheel and be like, be bored with your work. I mean, you want people to move forward. You want people to learn and, uh, you do that by experimenting. And thankfully I love drawing enough that I can continue experimenting that. If that wasn't long winded. No, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's what the point is for our listeners. <laughs> so when we sat down with, with suck Lord for a different project, he talked about the only thing he learned in art school was how to talk about what he just created. Mm. And that seems incongruent to me for him. What did you learn in art school? What did you take away from it? What are the things that you look back on and say, oh, thank God? Uh, how to take criticism. Uh, because, you know, especially, listen, if you're a street artist, you're putting work on the street. Anybody can see it. Anybody can criticize it. Uh, usually, even if someone's being mean to you, there's some truth in there. So learning how to take what someone's saying to you and take what you need out of it and to be able to push yourself further. Also, in art school, I learned uh, how to see if I was actually a, a real artist and going to stick with it. I mean, I saw a lot of great artists that I went to school with who were going to be, unfortunately, part of the 50% of people that five years out after getting an art degree aren't doing anything with it. And that's because it tests your practice and it tests your seriousness of it. And, you know, some people who are way more talented than me and what in, in the same field, they just might get burnt out. I mean, from years of taking art classes and someone telling them what to make, and then all of a sudden no one's telling you that, uh, you have to have a solid studio practice and a solid love for the craft and for the art to continue to make it. So how do you how do you maintain that today with the, with the rigors of life and bills and uh, family and Trump and everything else that's going on in this world? Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's just it's a part of me. I'm obsessed with it. I mean, it's something that my my dad's parents were painters from Brooklyn. They went to Pratt. Uh, you know, my grandfather fought in World War II, got malaria, came back, used his GI Bill to go to Pratt, met my grandma. Great thing. Great story. But at the same time, I remember he painted until like two years before he died in his 80s. And as a kid, it was such an influence to go see my grandparents in Florida, see what they were doing, and have them to be able to talk to me about art as a kid. I remember my grandfather telling me, I don't paint because I want to paint. I paint because I have to paint. And that's something that like, is in me and I understand it. We do it for very different reasons. He had to do and saw a lot of horrific things in his service and I think he painted consistently because he needed it to just kind of help him with his demons. Uh, I don't specifically know why I'm obsessed with this but I'm a very kind of regimented person and it's something that just I need that escape, I guess. It's a, a form of therapy in ways, and also I feel like it, it betters me in other ways, I guess. I mean, not really sure. Hopefully I'll find out before I die <laughs> if it was a waste of time or not. <laughs> so, uh, Bike Girl, talk to me about when you first started seeing City Kitty's work on the street. 
it was a while ago, but I think actually before I saw a lot of your work on the street, you gave me a sticker one time in a show years ago. And it's still one of my favorite stickers. Well, I don't remember you. when, but it was a while ago. I think my like four years first interaction with you that I remember is on Instagram and I was when I was putting up a ton of panels for people to take and you Oh yes, like, yes, I, I really found one and I didn't piece. know it was and to I was take. Like, go ahead and take it. You're like I, I didn't know I could take it. I'm I didn't go know back. I could take it exactly. You're like shit, it's gone. Yeah. I like, yep. Yeah, I remember that day very clearly. I kicked myself. I still think about it because I, it was the 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 cat in the snow yeah, with the, the snowflakes, the yeah. snowball fight. Yeah. Oh, but I'm very lucky Steve Stoppard traded a piece I traded a piece of Hunt Rodriguez oh, nice. for you. Oh, cool. Mm. <laughs> so you were like playing cards. Street art, exactly. street art trading exactly. cards? Yep. Street that's art a, trading cards. That's there a marketing idea. Speaking of marketing. Street art the gathering. Yeah. <laughs> well, Buff Monster does uh, trading cards. So does uh, <laughs> Turtle Caps has put out a couple. Oh, yeah. Nice series I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Where he's also invited other artists to make yeah. it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. I think he actually also put the gum in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that gum that lasted about 10 seconds yes, of flavor. Yes, and then the disgusting like, gum. Oh. But it's, you know, it's the memory of it. Right, for sure. Nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> it was always hard as a rock. You'd think you'd break your teeth. I almost bought a pack of baseball oh. cards in a store with Erica last week just for the gum. Nice. Yeah. Really? Almost. I almost People did it. People do that? They buy it for that gum? <laughs> I almost did that. Just, just, just Again, just for the throwback. Just oh, for okay, the nostalgia. Gotcha, gotcha. Just like, oh, I remember that. Gross. Okay, bye. <laughs> So, City Kitty, let's talk about merch, and let's talk about uh, how younger artists or artists that are coming up today can make their work a little more affordable than the canvas mural range. Mm. Uh, I cannot give any good advice of this because I'm fucking horrible at this. Mm. I want to make shirts. I make shirts. I silkscreen 40 shirts. I paint them by hand. It's a fucking ton of work. I stopped making shirts for a year. Like, mm. I'm just bad at this shit. Like, I don't make prints. I make everything by hand. The if problem I'm, is everything you do is original. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it's, it's like I, I obsess too much about allowing someone else to take over my process. Mm. It's like if I want to make a silkscreen, I'm going to silkscreen it. I'm going to color it by hand. And then it's going to – if I'm going to do a large one, it's going to take me hours. And then if I spend half a day on it, I'm not going to want to sell it for $20. Right. So, sure. uh, but I mean, there's there's tons of different ways of of marketing, and I think that that's something that I need to learn from a lot of the younger street artists that are very savvy about this, and some of the older ones too. It's like I need to get, I got to redo my own personal website, and I need to make a city kitty website. It's like I've just, I see it as I either spend the time doing it, or I spend the time making work and putting it out there. And I procrastinate doing all the things that could actually help me because mm. I tell myself it's okay, it's not a big deal because at least I'm still making it. Making work. Right. All right, so let's, let's assume um, some unassumable things. You have a million dollars and a personal assistant that knows a lot <laughs> about the art world. Who are some of the artists that you want to see your stuff out there looking like? Just the item, not the style, you know what I mean? Yeah, whose game would you like to bite? Merch game. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't even think about that. <laughs> I would slay, say some of your cat characters would make really excellent plushies. Oh, plushies. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They yeah. would be yeah. awesome I mean, plushies. See, this, is, this is the thing. It would be past. The, it, it's, you have to get rid of my neuroses. Right. It's not the You'd problem. have to be stitching it all <laughs> right. together. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would be my own sweatshop. It yeah. would be horrible. Like, so 
yeah, I, I need to get rid of this part of my brain so I can maybe someday make money. I'm not sure a million dollars is going to cover that surgery, <laughs> but uh, if you want to, you know. Not, I've had enough brain surgeries in my life. I'm good. Thank you. Okay, so no merch desires, just to kind of, eh, I wish I did that better. Yeah, yeah, like um, if I can find a way to uh, appease my own way to make merch and be okay with the product that I put out so I can actually put it out there. So it's got to be something that fits into your... Yeah, into my obsession. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the hard part. I'd love to see a Hawaiian shirt with cats all over it too. A Hawaiian shirt? Oh, yeah. That would oh, be good I mean, t- when I first started <laughs> making street art, and because I started off with, because I was still focusing on painting as well, I was making screens, and I just became obsessed. I needed to learn how to silk screen, so I silk screened everything, like our bed sheets. I mean, I think my <laughs> my fiance now was kind of just getting really fed up with just everything having a cat print on it it looked like a little boy's bedroom so i mean (laughs) all right let's talk about it why the cats uh so when i first moved here i uh within a few months started working with the fountain art fair they were uh an art fair that really showed and showcased a lot of street artists that was that had a lot of uh Street arts and muralists uh, paint murals in front of the wherever they happen to be doing it, whether it was in New York or Miami or L.A. So I started uh, working with them and showing with them within a few months of being here and realizing that I grew up doing really crappy graffiti. I was bad at it. And then I went what was your first take? Uh, SR5. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So Please continue. I, I, went to, uh, I went to school to be a teacher. Realized I shouldn't get arrested, so I brought that game into doing posters for bands for years. So, like, a lot of the work that I do is just from the progression of the, the graffiti characters I was doing into the illustrations, into taking it back and saying, like, I'm working at this art fair. Everybody's doing street art. This is exactly what I wanted to do all these years, but didn't do it. And uh, I got to get back into it because also, like, I was playing out with my band at the time. It was uh, is illegal to put posters on the street, even mm-hmm. for my band. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to do that, fuck making work for other people. I'm going to do my own work mm-hmm. and uh, realize that you need a name and you need a character. Mm. So, so uh, what was the name of your band? Oh, I was in a bunch of different bands. Uh, when I was younger, I was in a band for like four or five years called the Kindrio. It was like always instrumental playing. You know, just that guitar player. Spun records, just always kind of like weird instrumental music, but it was fun. But the uh, the cat thing came out of you know needing to make a moniker. Uh, I grew up in a house full of cats and people, but uh, you know we always had like five cats. I got a crazy cat mom. She always laughs when I say that, but it's true. Like I come <laughs> home, my mom is amazing. She runs her own company. She's an amazing woman. But if I come home past the time she's home from work there's like a blanket of cats on her there's like four <laughs> cats like sleeping on this woman it's like that's their mom as well she's so, beloved yes yes so it's it is a weird you know weird thing that i grew up with and i was like okay if i need to make a strange character and a strange moniker sure also the building i was living in in bushwick uh had we had like an empty lot on the side of it that always had kittens and then on the other side my friends lived in uh the other side and they're the backyard was full of kittens. It was like two gangs of different types of cats. 
I love cats. I want to play with these cats. They don't give a fuck about me because I'm, I don't have any food for them. So there's the people that like feed them every day. Unless you're one of those people, they don't want anything to do with you. So I was like, this is an homage to my crazy cat mom and these little thug cats in Brooklyn that I wanted to hang out with but didn't want anything to do with me. So it just started there and then kind of spun out. That's why I also living in Bushwick. And at that point, we were living in an area where it was mainly uh, like Dominican and Puerto Ricans so at the second incarnation was the Gato de la Ciudad, like the Spanish cat. Because I was like, damn, these cats would speak Spanish. Of course. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of bodega cats. I mean, these cats are awesome. So that's, that's the, again, I always wondered, the long-winded version. I, this is what, this is the platform for it. Okay. John, you're looking at me very satisfied with that story. Yeah, I like hearing the backstory. I, 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 you know, I was wondering about cats myself and I think it's, there's a there's a tight connection there, and I'm sure there's some emotional issues you have to get over there too. So uh, it was good to hear about that. <laughs> Any and questions after that? No, I think it was. Uh, Are you I, saying my mom loves cats more than she loves well, me? I was actually going to ask you that. I said, were you feeling left out? You know, you see them all like. Uh, Did you want to curl up on her? Yeah, on top, and you're like, no, that's creepy. Uh, <laughs> my mom can have the cats. It's cool. I'm an adult. That would be upsetting. <laughs> So she doesn't say that they're your little brothers and sisters. Oh, fuck no. That would be creepy. She like, Some people do that with dogs. I know, but she's also married and my dad wouldn't have that shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, my dad, growing up, my dad hated cats, but put up with them because he loves my mom. Mm. And my mom would take in feral cats. So we had like, we had a cat with one eye. We had these like other cats that were like bruisers. So then like, I remember one day this cat got stuck in my parents' bedroom at night and this is, you're going to get a call from PETA. I'm sorry. This is going to happen. But look, the cat was stuck in my parents' room, couldn't get out, leapt onto my dad's chest, pissed on my dad's chest, and my dad woke up, was like, fuck this, and just like opened the window and dropped the cat out the window. Cat was fine. It's a cat. Man, don't feed more lives. All good. Yeah. All good. But he loves my mom, so the cats stay. It's all good. <laughs> what, what floor are we on? Uh, second and fine. Okay, oh, fine. That's all right, that's yeah. all. And we got a deck. I mean, the cat fell like... Yeah, but like, the cat knew exactly what like to do. six feet. It's fine. <laughs> right, got it. It lived many, many more years. <laughs> to taunt and, and yes. torture your father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do not endorse any harm of any animals at Sold Magazine. Just Cats cannot to, fly. Just to be clear. But... <clears throat> Very cool. That's where the cats come from, John. Now we Good, know. I'm glad. I'm glad I heard the backstory. So we talked about uh, the Bridgeport project before, and that's a really interesting one, much like um, Sonic Jungle or First City, big collection of graph and street artists, wheat pasters, muralists, just thrown together in a very... Uh, a mindful way for common effect. Talk to us about uh, the Moore Hotel. Uh, I learned about them through Turtle Caps, and he mentioned that he's done some work with them, and there's a lot of great work there, and I should go you know, meet these people and put up a piece. So he really helped facilitate that, which I was really happy about because you know the guys who run it are very nice, the family who runs it, and uh, they're very open about doing work there. So I, I brought one piece, put a piece up, and then also at that point, uh, the collaboration I did with Blue Dog and uh, Shannon McBride for the uh, the article about Blue Dog. We were trying to find 
a place for this to have a permanent home because we put it on the street we put it in front of steve's place it was great but at the same time i knew eventually we were going to take it back because it was going to either get stolen or destroyed it didn't take long for someone to crack it open and steal stuff out of it but you know so we were like all right well let's give it a second life let's bring it somewhere so thankfully like yesterday uh, uh raphael helped me bring it there and they were really open to having it you know having it live there and it's great to have it have a permanent home also a permanent home where someone will people will respect it and hopefully enjoy it so it's really it's, they have a great collection there of artists yeah, they really do great You're art in there company. oh yeah, yeah. it's sure. amazing so i'm gonna paint one of them they're starting to have people paint uh rooms in there so i'm oh, that's cool. gonna be the next step it's gonna be a city kitty room so oh, yeah, cool. it'll, be, yeah, it'll be pretty it'll be pretty fun so i'm trying to wrap my head around what i'm gonna do for that yeah i visited there last week and they have i mean you know zesso has the huge wall up there and on the rooftop yeah, and there's oh, yeah and then that's... there's shiro that's there and bk fox has a wall mm. in there there's just so many great artists and i uh, think well, last week turtle i believe aguarella has one of her very yes, first pieces that she ever did in new york inside the more hostile oh, well, nice. yeah and as you say, the rooms, because I think uh, just like last week, it was like, I think Lucky, was Lucky Baloki? Rabbit there? Baloki, yeah. yeah. And um, and then Outer Source and a few other people all painted in a room there, too. Oh, and that's, that's awesome. So it's, I think it's a great place for people to go. And I just kind of recently learned about the fact that they had things painted all inside. I thought it was just the two pieces on the outside. And then Michelle Velt has a piece on the outside as well, which, you know, the, the, the waffle. Oh, yeah. Waffle. So that's, yes. that's the, um, I don't know if you met. A yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's it's his nephew that's oh, the, cool. that's yeah. e- pictured in there eating a uh, a waffle. So it's kind of a fun thing to see that there. I like waffles. <laughs> They're delicious. I do. Waffles are good. Chicken and waffles are even better. I agree. I th- now that's the southern thing. Now here's a question for the table: If you take syrup away from chicken and waffles, is it, is it as good? No. No. No, I don't think so. You need I agree. a little bit more. You moisture. need the syrup. Yeah. You also need bacon in the waffles too to give it the extra over-the-topness. Well, you need you need grease in the waffles at least. Yeah. Yes, bacon See, I'm a vegetarian. This is probably oh my god, <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter because like I'm also we do this. We taunt vegetarians, don't we? <laughs> no, no, no. This, it's no, no, this big is deal. the second time we've taunted. A I mean, I grew up in a household like me and my mom are vegetarians. Meat, meat, my brother meat, and my meat, dad meat, weren't, meat, so it's meat, all good. Meat. Meat's fine. It's so just not my bag. How do you feel about? You know, vegetarian products that are shaped like meat. Because I have a brother who's vegetarian. And I think it's really just interesting because he'll have like, you know, he'll get the the, the fake bacon. And I'm like, well, why why does it have to look like bacon if it's, you know, can't you just enjoy it for the the vegetables that are in it? What should it look like? Sure. Just look like the vegetables. It doesn't need to be repackaged into an animal product. Well, Well, look at the tofurkey. There's a lot of people who have like uh, health issues who have to stop eating bacon. Okay. So, I mean, if it tastes close enough and it looks like it, it might help those kind of people who are like, listen, your cholesterol's high. You've already had a heart attack. Why don't you try eating this veggie bacon? People are like, fuck you. Sure. And like, no, it tastes like bacon and it looks like bacon. Okay, I can get behind that. It's just, tumploy food. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I just think that though, it's, you know, it's it's kind of weird to me when, you know, there's sometimes when it's shaped like like a turkey. Even though that's what it gets tofu, me. You know, I mean, that's what like, it gets me. You're cutting you, into a turkey. For those people who are against, you know, eating the animal for the animal's sake, but then you're going to shape it like, like, I don't understand the need to do that. So, but I understand your point about if you're, if you can't eat a certain food because of. Well, I, what I think, I think vegans don't want to eat animals, but they're still okay with taunting them. <laughs> so making vegetable products look like animals is kind of insu- you know, so are you vegan or are you vegetarian no no i was a vegan for like 10 years it's 
I have nothing against vegans. I think it's, but it's a very, it's a hard lifestyle. And sure. Very disciplined. Yeah, very disciplined. Yeah, so, I mean. Now, you grew up I, upstate. I did. I grew up in Rochester. You didn't grow up vegetarian. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Oh. I Forgive me for assuming. when I was. Uh, well, yeah, I, I became vegetarian when I was in eighth grade. That's absolutely early enough. Because yeah. before that, you're eating what your parents shoved down your throat, and you don't read the news and stuff like that. Right. So what was it for you? Uh, I... God, this is depressing. Can we load... Can we get the lights low? Yes. Get yes. some <laughs> sad music on. Dun, dun, oh, yeah, here dun, we go. Dun, 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 I was a fat kid. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, uh, I grew up... I. I had hydrocephalus when I was born. I've had five brain surgeries in my life. I was just like told I can't play certain sports. I can't do certain things. So I was just like an unhealthy, chubby kid who became obsessed with like being healthy. So then I became a vegetarian. I started running a bunch and just like it was probably in many ways unneeded, but also like a healthy alternative. So, uh, you know, body issues, that kind of shit. Hmm. I don't eat. Regular bacon at home. We eat turkey bacon. There you go. I have no problem with turkey bacon. Just don't call it bacon. Sorry. Good job, buddy. I'm just saying we each. Nice work, buddy. You know, we we (laughs) each bear our own crosses and we each make our own sacrifices. It's nice. Well, for me, it's it's a little more selfish because I don't want to. Clean two pots after, because I, I would have to make <laughs> That's the turkey the bacon. You went well, because I have to make, I'd make, the turkey I, bacon. I make the turkey bacon for Erica, and why am I use dirtying another pot for bacon just for myself? So I just stopped eating bacon at home. But you know, every bodega around that serves real bacon. Well, we get it at the diner, but yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we eat out six days a week, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't eat bacon at home. Right. <laughs> so, City Kitty, what is what? What's what's twenty eighteen? looking like for you in terms of direction more of the same no oh. I think 2018 20, did i say 26 no i don't no no you said 2018 okay. uh i i'm lost to be honest uh it's kind of i'm doing the same thing i've always done and i make a lot of work and i put the work up and uh oh wait I, i'm gonna get beat up here i'm getting married so that things are going oh, to get better. Everything's going to change. Yes. Okay. No, okay. no kitties on the wedding dress or tux, right? No yeah. promises, spike girl. <laughs> ring bearer? <laughs> no promises, it looks yes, like. Yes, my, my cat will be the ring bearer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, in my own work, something needs to change. And I don't know what that means. Uh, because I, I make a lot of gallery work that I don't show. I make a lot of different types of other work that I don't show. I make a lot of work that I put on the street. And it feels like I'm constantly on a hamster wheel mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I see a spot. I need to make something like I obsessively make work. I put it out all the time. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing other than making work. So I don't I don't know. I think I need to do a show of some sort. Have you never done a solo? Uh, not of City Kitty stuff, of my own personal work when I was focusing more on fine art. It's definitely time for a City Kitty show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... The listen, time is right. I, I paint in like three different styles. I could have the most interesting multiple personality show you could see right now. You're doing collabs with yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, I wait, mean, wait, wait. Would we have to build three different artists? Ooh, we could. Well, that could be nice. Yeah. That could be real nice. <laughs> I, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. I see them. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that, I think that's the next step is there's a lot of work that I've been making that I would like to show. And uh, because the work that I make is not the same type of work I put on the street. You sound like David Carradine from Kung Fu. You're going to wander the earth like Kane. Dude, and... it didn't end well for him. Don't it say really that. Didn't. Seriously. Just... I'm not that kind of guy, Ronnie. But earlier in, his, <laughs> earlier in his tutelage, he just wanders the earth and just looking for the next challenge type of thing. You're that motherfucker. <laughs> you know, though, you talk about, you, you said that your work on the street is different than the work that you'd put, uh, you know, that you'd... Uh, have in a gallery show and that kind of thing right. and actually that's what um chris robots will kill brought up when you guys had him on the spray in the spray room and he was talking about you know that things that you put out on this they should be different than what you're having yeah, in a gallery that. and i think that that was a for me i didn't ever think about that and i was like oh I, yeah it really should you know you expect to see certain things transfer over to you know to into a gallery setting but then at the same time it's nice to have something that you're surprised about or something that right. brings this new level to or uh, layer to to the artist that you yeah i mean the work, work you, you like. make in your studio it's kind of different for me in the sense of uh so i make everything by hand so i my studio practice is similar to my studio practice when i'm making something that i'm not going to show on the street because it takes me a lot of time I'm spending a lot of time with the piece it's a very personal thing but they just visually look very different mm -hmm. So, but I mean, yeah, that's what I want. I get really bummed when I go to see a street art show and I was like, it's the exact same thing that's on the street. Why am I here? Mm. Right? So, uh, you know, it's, this is the time where you want to push yourself, challenge yourself. I mean, you don't want to go see like four shows by this person over the years and see that they're doing the exact same thing. It's, it's you want the street to be sad. the tease. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the sample set. Yes, exactly. It's like ready to wear, and then your your gallery show is your haute couture. Yeah, the problem with that though is that I mean they can not like what you're doing in the gallery because <laughs> it's well, that's different. on them though, not you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean I'm making it because I love to make it. I'm not making it for somebody else. So right now, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I got to clear my throat before I come out with this one because you are the first person we have had on in the spray room that has appeared in a calendar. Mm. Is it a firefighter calendar? Let's, it's, let's it's talk similar. about that. It's yeah, mm. it's uh, it's the art handler's calendar. Yes. What is the art handler's calendar? So I, uh, a coworker of mine, I work like multiple jobs. I'm a freelancer, and I work in a museum. And uh, because we're freelancers, we're not allowed at the museum holiday party. So my friend, who is a coworker of mine, who is really. Uh, upset about this he said well I used to work with a dance company it was the same thing we traveled all around Europe with this dance company and then we weren't allowed at the holiday party even though we helped put on this production all throughout Europe because we're not we're just considered the help so he said we'll hmm. do the same thing we'll make a calendar we'll raise money and then we'll put on our own holiday party so that's how it started off and then it's kind of changed over this was the fourth year that uh, they've done it so it became more of a, a charity thing, you know, so we give money to the Bowery Mission and to a couple other charities. And uh, we didn't even do a party the last couple of years. It was really more about, like, creating the product, giving money to charity, and kind of having fun with it. Now, when we were on our first fundraising tour last month, I learned something about the Bowery Mission in Freeman Alley. Yeah. Oh. Want to tell us about that? Girl? Well, Freeman Alley used to go through to the street. It would it opened on Bowery right beside the Mission. The building there at the end on the left is a newer building. 
uh, Freeman Alley basically existed so that the men could line up for the Bowery mission and the people in the rest of the world didn't have to see they existed. Oh, damn. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> That's wild. Because that area of Bowery, it's interesting. I've always kind of, I've been, ever since I moved here, I've always worked in the Lower East Side in one facet or in the other. Uh, so that's what really got me putting up a lot around there. And it's interesting to see the progression over the past 10 years. Of it's crazy. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like, you know, below, uh, below Houston, seeing a lot of the areas that were just kind of either uh, restaurant supply stores now turning into, you know, other galleries or other museums or high-end stores or the, uh, it was the Chinatown um, Salvation Army is now going to be a high-end hotel that was right next to the Bowery Mission. So now you're going to have the new museum, the Bowery Mission, and a high-end hotel, and mm. all the people out front in the Bowery Mission. And they're, they're not, not going, going anywhere. No, no, they're not. no. And, and, and it's they like, shouldn't. They're great. No, they I shouldn't. Mean, they're doing a really great service for the community. Yeah. But it's going to be an eye-opener to the people that are spending like two, $300 a night to right. stay at this place and say, well, what are you going to do about the people out front? And said, well, they deserve Well, and they too. sold the building right across the street, the bank building, what, $53 million? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, good for Jay. I mean, oh, no, I think it's wonderful it happened. It's just that if you buy into that and you get an apartment there, right? I can't imagine that it's always going to be nice and smooth between the Bowery Mission and its new neighbors. No, no, no. It's going to be interesting for a few years to come. Well, and there's areas, there's a a building across the street, which is kind of like a the groundworks. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's housing works, rather. Yeah. Yeah, Housing works directly across the street from the, the bank building. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting transition, to say the least. The only constant is change, Mr. Domine. You always have these really uh, enlightened moments, and I'm glad I'm a part of this. Thanks for sharing that with me. I would be <laughs> glad if I were you, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. City Kitty, before we wrap up, uh, I want to uh, have you tell all your fans and our listeners where to find your work. Uh, and then we're going to do a uh, open call for collaborators for you because you uh, need to keep writing for Sold for a very long time. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come so, on, you love us. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. No, 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 no blasphemy. Sorry, I'm just not Christian. Uh, <laughs> so... You can find me on your every local street corner. I mean, it's like I'm trying to get a website up that should be coming soon. And uh, other than that, you know, on my Instagram at City Kitty Street, and just that's that's really it at this point. Uh, it's something like I mentioned before. I need to get better at. I mean, I'm I'm good at self promoting in the sense that I'm always making work and putting it out there. But other than that, I fail at a lot of things <laughs> that are business related like most artists I'm bad at this shit focus on what you're good at yes exactly and then hopefully someone someday will be like hey I will help you let's elevate this and that's never gonna happen but I'm gonna keep doing it god damn it that's fine. god damn it you gotta keep going because that is the very definition of success doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different outcome yeah what does Big Ronnie say you have to hu- hustle harder Yes. Yeah. Well, Every I was going I was going like to give that? you a different cliche okay, if I may. Sorry. Please do. The only place where success comes before work is the dictionary. Wow. Oh. For the tear. Ooh. You got you got to hustle. Now, here's the thing about collaborators. Uh it's a very it's not for everybody. 
in many different ways. You know, it's a, for a lot of people, their work's very personal. Listen, I, I'm a musician. Like, I did that for years. Like, collaborating is very, very natural to me because uh, to write music successfully, you're, you're sitting down with other musicians, you're writing uh, something that is hopefully bigger and better than something you were going to think of in the first place. I mean, collaborating is very, very natural in certain areas. Film, music, but a lot of people, they, they just, it's not their bag. It, they, they really, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just something that, you know, that's very personal to them. They don't want to let go of it. And also for me, in these kind of things too, it's like um, different than I've collaborated with a lot of people via mail who don't draw things by hand. But with the collaborations for Sold Magazine, I'm looking for people that I can draw with. So that's the really, that's the, been the interesting thing and challenge about this type of collaboration. Because to do something live with someone, I really got to look at like, what kind of work do they make? What kind of like, you know, are they, and then also contact and see if they're even up for it. But uh, also the, uh, the sense of, are, are we going to gel at all? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and I don't, I'm, I'm fine with the challenge working with someone who's completely different. Yeah. But, but this isn't a, a reality show. We're not trying to push you. We're, yeah. trying, we're not trying to push you in a weird way. We're trying to push you in a way that makes sense for oh, you. No, no, I'm trying to push myself yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, it's because, you know, it's like it started off with friends and now I've worked with a few people that I've never met before. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty scary because I'm like, I don't even know if I can fucking like this person. Like, you know, that's great. I can be an asshole. Like, and I want to like, I want to create something with somebody. So it's, uh, it's been a very interesting thing, but it's, it's something where I'm continuously like a few months out reaching out to people. And then a few months out, like I already have two other people lined up and then I have one to give you guys a story to give you guys in like a week or so and then I'm already working on the other story after that and kind of because I need to th think of who I could work with and mm -hmm. also think like and then see if these people even care. So not an open call for collaborators. Let's call it. <laughs> let's call yeah, it a do, semi. Let's do it a semi-closed right. call for cool collaborators <laughs> yeah. with stuff that works and are easy to work this with. This is not a cattle call. Right. Right. And no. Yeah, You're not send your resumes right now. Pissed at me like, right. wow, wow, Whoa, we have yeah. to work together. That's right. Like, you know, it's, it's also it's like being a street artist and being upset that a street art photographer doesn't like your work or they're not photographing it. Everybody has the right to an opinion. So some people I haven't collaborated with. It's just maybe some people's work I don't like. And that's okay. That is okay. Because there's a lot of people that hate cats. I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog guy. See? Uh, but, See? But I, See, love, I said it's I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> I'm a dog person. I should have yeah. said I'm a dog person and not that I'm not a cat person. I know. We, listen, I, I'm learning. Can you lower the lights again? I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> and you can all leave, too. And you I'm just going to gonna sit space. here and cry by myself. <laughs> it's okay. I got a tortoise, too. It's all good. That what, makes up for it. <laughs> what is the tortoise's you name? You fucking hate tortoises? No, what is the tortoise's name? His name is Tony. How Tony. long have you had him? You know what? My nephew's got a tortoise, and it's named Toby. Oh, Toby. Ah. Toby and Tony. Tony is named after Antonio Gaudi. Oh, and how old nice. is how old is Tony? Tony is uh, about ten. So, do you have it like? Oh, yeah. Have you figured out who's going to take care of him when you're gone? Well, I hope I'm not going to die soon, so I haven't <laughs> figured that one out yet. <laughs> but no, I mean, I he will outlive you, will he not? Oh yeah, he totally will. Yeah. Hmm. Now, it's... do I have this right? 
tortoises are swimmers, turtles no, are no. turtles are swimmers, yeah. tortoises no. are land. Yeah. Got it. Only. Tortoises yeah. don't swim. Turtles need water to eat. Turtles need water to live in. Tortoises, our tortoise, we just feed him lettuce and carrots and different types of vegetables. He doesn't even need water because he gets it from the vegetables. Got it. This and is they a, don't hibernate. They, they estivate, which is slightly different. I did not know that. I'm just throwing this and out And you can you know. actually train Reptiles them to live that. in your house and go to the bathroom in the same place every day. Because I had hmm. knew someone when I was a kid that had two big ones that <laughs> actually lived in their house. Yeah, he lives in our house. Yeah, but the, this one would go to like the litter box under the kitchen table. We, he's not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to leave it there with this little uh, segue down the... Uh, Tortoise hall. Yeah, a little animal planet here for you. <laughs> Wait, when's the big date? Oh, uh, it's July 21st. Nice. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Sold out. <laughs>